Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And, uh, well, Robert, here we are once again. Winding it up in France. That's exactly right. Now, we have a, we have a very special special uh, guest with us. We are, because we're doing something different today. We talked to a Malad that we've, we've, we've met recently in Lourdes. That's right. We've talked about what a Malad is, right? right. A sick person, right? Someone who's coming to Lourdes. And we've talked about the pilgrimage and the idea of the sick uh, people that are asking for the Blessed Mother's intervention to come here to pray for spiritual healing, to pray for physical healing, and to pray for just a, a, a well-being and, and for the Blessed Mother's comfort and intercession. Here we have Chris Montera. Uh, Chris is from San Diego, California, and we also brought his brother, little brother Kyle, is with him. Not Chris, so little, Kyle. That's right. W- welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Catholic Cafe. We're so happy that you would join us here. Thank you. Chris, let's just start. I think a lot of folks, people might want to know what brought you here, what brought you to Lourdes. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your story, just in general? Uh, Yes, I'm in the uh, U.S. Army. Um, March 16th of uh, last year, 2012, uh, I was on a patrol, and um, we came under attack. And where where was this? It was in uh, Sayachoy, Afghanistan, which is a uh, small village in the Kandahar province. All right. I... uh, we, we took fire, and uh, I was hit by a mortar round, which caused a secondary explosion of, uh, of C4, plastic, plastic explosive. Awful, awful, oh. awful. Yeah. And so, obviously, that resulted in, in major inju- injuries. Yes, I had, uh, I had several shrapnel wounds, um, right. a broken spine, broken neck, um, and my legs initially were broken around the, uh, the calf area. Right. Um, I went to, uh, Wanstool, Germany from Afghanistan and, uh, there they put me on an ECMO machine. My lungs failed. So I was on a lung bypass machine. My brother and my mother came to see me at that point. Um, after, uh, they, uh, stabilized me, they moved me to San Antonio, Texas, right. where I got a double amputation. Now, how long, oh, double amputation. So yes. how long was this? After the initial incident, it was two about two weeks okay. in, in Germany. So this and is then, all still fresh. I mean, everything's still hitting you at that point. I mean, how much were you aware of what was going on? I was completely unconscious. Um, apparently, I came to and I was moving around, but I don't, I don't have any memory of that. Okay, um, it was just darkness and crazy dreams, pretty much. Right. Okay. And so then, when you finally did realize what was going on, at what point? Did you did you just sort of wake up after all these procedures or whatever and the amputations and and at that point realize uh, that you didn't have legs anymore and that you were in very serious shape? Well, initially they had a uh, they did a tracheotomy on me so I couldn't speak. Right. And uh, my mom was there, and I was trying to to voice the uh, word what happened, and nobody understood me. So it was pretty much uh, blinking, right, for, to communicate. Did you know at that point though that things were really grave and serious for you? I knew I was I knew I was hurt, but I couldn't uh, feel anything. They did a phenomenal job making right. sure I couldn't. Uh, well, that's, I didn't have any physical you, pain at that point. Chris, that's going to be a frightening experience to wake up in a, in a hospital and, and not be able to talk to your own mother. I mean, that's got to. 
that, that has to be a, a very frightening thing to go through, I would think. It, yeah. it honestly, I was I was more comforted that she was there. Um, I was, I did have some fear, but um, you know, part of uh, what I what I did, I I kind of accepted the fact that I could get hurt or or worse. So, I didn't understand the extent of my injuries at that point, though. So. Right. Now, did, Kyle, did you did you know? All that was going on, and were you at the, at that time how serious things were? Uh, yeah, uh, when I when my dad told me um, on the day when he got hurt, he woke me up. It was pretty early in the morning, yeah. and I uh, went downstairs, and my mom was just pouring in tears. I knew how serious it was. Um, but when we got to Longstool, that's that's pretty much like um, that was uh, how much I realized how bad. Yeah. He was, like, his condition. Was. You know, a lot of people will tell me that when, when something like that happens and they know all these things, like people have told them this has happened, but it's that first time you come in contact, you, the first time you see and you see all of the, you know, the tubes and the, the you just see how serious things are, and it really can just sort of take your breath away at that point. Yeah. Well, when I was deployed around, I saw some of my soldiers got hurt right. or some of my buddies back in 07. Um but when I went into the hospital in Longstool... With your brother. Yeah. It's a different feeling when you see your own flesh and blood right. actually hurt. And when they lift up the sheets and to see his, his, all his wounds, yeah. it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a bloody mess. Chris, what was your faith life like at, at that point? Going into the service, right? Going to the Army. And, I mean, were, you, were you a good Catholic boy or what was your, what was your faith life? Like. Um, my, our grandmother raised us uh, Catholic. Our uh, parents weren't uh, necessarily uh, devout Catholics. Right. Um, I would say they were spiritual, kind of, um, I would say, non-denominational right. Christians. Okay. Um, but I prayed uh, every day I was in country, and I, I prayed for, our, uh, for my buddies that were downrange when I was back home. Right. So you but, had a strong sense of God at that point. I mean, you yes. really were a very spiritual person. You knew, that, and a lot of people say that you know there, there are no atheists in a foxhole, right? That we when we get that close, yeah. right? We're, we're we're that close that we all know that we have a sense, and we and we hope and pray that there really is a God, right? And so at that point you were there, but now when you woke up, when you woke up for this and realized the seriousness of your injuries, I mean, you had. Haven't told us really what that, what that, what you, how you reacted when you knew just how serious everything was. When you knew the drill, at this point you knew you didn't, you're not going to walk again, right? In, in in the sense that you were once whole, now there, you're, there's there's parts of you missing. I was somewhat upset that I got sent back. I mean, in the condition that I was in, you know, um, it's really hard to describe the uh, the feeling. Because I know I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been angry at um, God for it, but at the same time, I was angry. So right. it was, it was a lot of mixed feelings is the best way to describe it, and they were strong, powerful feelings. Yeah. How long were you in the hospital, Chris? I was three months. Um, Did you in, have burn in, wounds in, too? That had intensive to be care. I was in intensive care for three months, um, but in total, I from March I didn't get out of the out of. Uh, out of uh, the hospital until November, 
Um, and then I went to, uh, now I'm currently where I'm at, uh, Naval Medical Center San Diego. So you're still involved in, with medical treatment? Then. Yes, it's uh, medical treatment, rehab every day, but it's out on outpatient, so it's, uh, I'm, I don't have, I'm not attended by nurses every day and things like that. Well, Kyle, let me ask you, I mean, in, once you realized again all the seriousness and what was going on, did you feel a sense of, you know, religion at that point? I mean, how, how were you dealing with this and in, in, in reconciling this with, with God and where you were in your life? Well, at first, when he did got hurt, I, I did pray when my, uh, when my mom was crying and my dad was telling me uh, that he got hurt. Uh, but, like, after I saw him in Longstool, uh, I ran outside, like, when I first saw him, I couldn't hold my composure in front, right. of, in front of the German doctor and the nurses there. And uh, I kind of I walked out because it was too much to bear. Yeah. So when I got in front of the hospital, I kind of, uh, you know, I was angry, but I, I, I just prayed. I prayed to God to say, hopefully everything's okay, like everything will be okay. Right. And then I came to peace in myself. I was like, if you know, if it's in God's will to have this happen, I mean, I know everything will be taken care of. Everything will run its course. Well, that's, so, that takes some incredible faith, though. Because, I, I mean, again, Chris is talking about anger, right? And I know you initially were angry, and sometimes yeah. we don't know. And it's very natural, obviously. You know, why me, God? Yeah. Why? You, you asked the question, Chris. You said, why? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I was still angry, too. I know I got to let it, like, God's will take its course. But it was, I was still had that, that anger in my heart for vengeance. And um, that was something to deal with. But also I had to be there for my mom because my mom was taking it a lot worse. So yeah. I had to be there for her to cover her. So, Now, let me ask you, before you had gone into the um, Army, had you had the guys either heard of Lourdes before? I mean, had you, were you familiar with Lourdes? Or Would you even know where Lourdes was? the apparitions I, of the Blessed Mother or anything like that? I knew where Lourdes was, but I wasn't aware of the uh, significance mm-hmm. um, until I... Uh, I was in Palo Alto at the VA there. And how did you learn about Lourdes? Uh, a sister would come in every week, and uh, she would pray with me, and uh, we would uh, do communion. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, a couple weeks before I got discharged from Palo Alto, she asked me if I wanted to go to Lourdes. Hmm. And um, I asked her, what's that? And uh, she gave me uh, some information. And uh, What did the sister tell you? Uh, she told me about St. Bernadette and uh, the uh, apparitions, but she said, you know, she didn't give me all the answers. She wanted me to look for my, you know, look for myself. So I read up on it as best I could. Okay. And why did you decide you wanted to go to Lourdes, Chris, or what, what, what attracted you about that? <laughs> Honestly, it was, uh, she asked me if I wanted to go. Um, I read up, and then um, I just said, sure, why not? I didn't think I would be... Uh, selected by the order of malta um i you know it's just kind of one of those things where i thought it would be uh a good thing to do but you really weren't right. sure at that yeah point. but so, i wasn't sure so i just left it to faith well let me well, you know what we're going to find out more about that in a second we're going to talk a little bit more about your trip to lourdes and how you got here and maybe what the experience has been like for you uh, thus far we're going to do that right after this i, I want to take a little break but before we do that i want to remind folks at home t- about our website which is www.thecatholiccafe.com and also i'd love to hear from you send me an email 
to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. many of us recall in years past a visit to a grandmother or older Catholic friend and being immersed in signs and symbols of the Catholic faith. Crucifixes adorning the walls of every room, a Blessed Mother statue in the garden, rosaries lying on the nightstands, holy cards and other pictures of saints were everywhere to the point where one could not help but see the faith of the person dwelling in the house. These objects and prayer cards are part of the wonderful tradition of the Church known as sacramentals. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, a sacramental is a sacred sign by which spiritual effects are signified and obtained through the prayers of the Church. Just as working people keep pictures of their loved ones at their offices to remind them of their family when not at home, and just as married couples wear wedding rings to signify the commitment of life and love made to their spouses, So the Church encourages us to have sacred objects about us as reminders of our faith. If we truly love Jesus and desire with our hearts to be saints in heaven with Him, it is only natural that we should want reminders of our beloved Lord all about us. And what is truly wonderful is these holy objects can help us with our prayer and keep us on the road to sanctity. The Church has an ancient tradition of the faithful bringing sacramentals to the priest or deacon to have them blessed. A blessing of an object is a prayer over that object, setting it apart for use for prayer, and asking the Lord to allow the object to be used as an instrument of grace. Once blessed, the objects are different, in a sense consecrated or set apart for God, and thereafter deserve a special reverence. We need to ask ourselves, If a stranger came into our home, would he find evidence of our faith? Consider placing a crucifix in every room of your house to be visibly reminded of the supreme love of God in offering His Son. Or place a Bible in a prominent space to emphasize the importance of the Word of God. Perhaps have a holy water font in your house so family members can bless themselves before prayer. And be sure to make gifts of religious objects to graduates or young Catholic couples getting married, as these instruments of faith will likely be more important to these young people than anything listed in the bridal registry. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're here talking to uh, Chris Monterre and his brother Kyle. So, uh, Chris, you know, you're obviously you're there. This nun is telling you something about Lourdes. Yes. Had you ever heard of the Order of Malta before when that nun told you about the Lord's Pilgrimage? Um, I'm somewhat of a history buff, so I was aware of uh, the, ho- the Hospitallers. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, see? And, All right, that's uh, interesting. I knew where Malta was, and I knew about uh, the island of Rhodes and uh, some of the sieges back in you know, the Crusades. So. Interesting. So I wonder if when yeah. you were kind of learning about that, if you would have ever known that you were going to now have kind of a connection 
with that, right? Isn't that it's interesting? Pretty when amazing. You're studying yeah, that? yeah that's, a, it, it, that's 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 pretty cool. So, what's the first? So, you heard from a sister about this pilgrimage, and what was your first contact with somebody from the Order of Malta? I actually got contacted by Mark Tiernan, and uh, he had, the first question he asked me was, "How did I know Sister Meg, and how did I find out about this?" And um, I basically explained to him. Um, what I had told you guys already, yeah. how she came to visit me when I was, uh, you know, in the hospital. And uh, I was pretty sick at that point when she initially came. But uh, after a while, we kind of developed a little bit of a relationship of, uh, you know, faith. Well, good. And so you heard about it. And when did, uh, and this is the West, I believe you were with the Western Association of the Order of Malta. Is that correct? The, people, the, the California? Yes, yes, yes. Um, when did you first learn that you were going to Lourdes? Hmm. I think right before uh, it had to be February, I think, February time frame. So, so you hear that you're going to Lourdes, right? And you're contacted. And, and now, how did that make you feel at that point? And had you known what to expect when you were going, or you were just going to kind of throw caution to the wind and just go and see what this was all about? It was kind of throw caution to the wind. Um, honestly, I, I kind of believe that God sends us signs, and it's really his will and not to resist that. So that's kind of the way that sounds I saw good. it. Now, how did you decide that you wanted to take Kyle? Kyle, how did you feel about getting picked as being his companion? Uh, I was very surprised. Um, I was trying to have my mom to go and, um, but she kind of told me that I still need to spend some brotherly time with him. But I was like, moms I, will I, always I, be moms. Kyle, they're <laughs> never going to stop being moms. But I told her, I was like, I spent like all like, what all throughout my teens with them i mean come on i've been like 15 years yeah there's some wisdom <laughs> here though there's wisdom here because uh, listen to your mother that's, that's exactly one, always that's listen to mom but I, but I think it's great yes. that that brothers get to come and be and be part of this sort of healing experience together i think it's powerful it that, is that you're here kyle yeah but once she told me i needed to go and i'm like i wanted to go too but i still had a class and you know work and other stuff i needed to do before i go so i had some time off and you know, I got my time off, and I was really happy. Oh man, that's out. awesome! I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here with him. So, Chris, you got your, your you got your brother Kyle here with you. And what has been the experience for you here in, in this pilgrimage? What are the things that have really made you, um, you know, appreciate being here? The baths were honestly. People say they're cold and things like that, but I, I thought doing no, the no, baths, they are cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> they, they are cold. They, they are, but um, I. I I really thought that uh, it was pretty an amazing. I thought it was an amazing experience. Tell you, tell the listeners about the experience. We haven't really talked about that yet. Right. What happens? Just, tell, tell me what happens when you go to the, the baths and Lords. Well, you uh, you queue up because there's many people that want to uh, that want to go in. So, and this is the water from the spring of Saint Bernadette for our listeners. Right. It's not yes. the river. It's yeah. not the river. It's a spring. It, it, we're not going to. T- it's not like we're going to take a shower. It's this is where Bernadette. Uh, the right. Blessed Mother um, had a spring up here that miraculously appeared after St. Bernadette in mm-hmm. the 1800s. Right. So you go in, um, you take off all your clothes, and the— Is it modest when you're doing I mean— It's, it's, very, it's very modest, very respectful. They give you a—I want to say—it looks like a sheet, but I know it's called— something else uh, a but, towel that's uh, wet a, to- a, towel, a wet towel <laughs> a cold wet towel <laughs> but it is modest and they are and the the uh, attendants at the uh, baths they're volunteers and uh, they are very respectful and they are very helpful so 
So um, what was it like just to get to get dipped in those waters? Well, first of all, being an amputee, um, it's a little bit different. I had to get lifted by four men mm-hmm. into the baths, and um, they were Italian, I believe. So the communication barrier uh, it kind of melts away because it's – they, you understand what you have to do, and they know what they have to do, and they're pretty efficient. And they said a prayer over you, didn't they? And yes, you. Uh, they they allow you to say a prayer. There's a um, there's a statue of uh, the Blessed Mother um, at the end of the at the end of the uh, the bath. It's very, it's a small rectangle. I would say it's about six feet long by three or four feet wide. Right. It looks like a big bathtub, but it's yep. got free flowing spring water going yep. through it, so it changes out all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> it is cold. You know, Deacon, that those workers in the baths are all volunteers. They're people that come. The hus- and give hospitality. Their, they're, they give their vacation, yeah. and they, they work to just help the sick have that experience and to pray. I mean, they, they pray with the sick, and they help yeah. people every day. It's an amazing – I mean, think about it. Some people do this every year for their entire life. That's right. You sensed that, Chris, didn't you, that these guys were there because they, they were doing this out of love and out of devotion of the Blessed Mother. Yes, and, uh, I mean, it's a great example of, uh, you know, it's inspired me to want to, once I'm better uh, and more able, I want to volunteer to help uh, my fellow brothers and sisters that are that have been wounded in combat. Um, it's It's been a... Uh, a Monsignor, he was uh, speaking, and he said it changes your perspective on things. And I, this whole experience has definitely changed my perspective. How does it change your perspective? Um, I would say I was, prior to coming here, I was more focused on um, on me and, like, getting myself getting better. And um, I didn't really plan out past getting better. So ah. And so now what do you look at? What, 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 what are we looking at now? Now it's looking like, you know, once I get better after helping uh, helping the sick, helping, like I said, my, my fellow brothers and sisters that have been wounded. And uh, it means a lot to me. Well, can to we, uh, Chris, being here with the Order of Malta, I mean, some people, it's kind of an interesting experience. I guess it looks like a military unit somewhere. Everyone's <laughs> wearing a military uniform, or all the men are, at least. Um, um, how have you found your experience with meeting? Have you met several members of the order on the on the pilgrimage? Yes, um, I mean they they're here and they maximize the experience for the Malads, and uh, they're uh, they're very they take the worry away of the travel. You know, you're you're traveling to Europe and you're getting ready to come here, and you worry about packing everything and making sure you have everything. I mean, I could have just came here with a backpack. With, yeah, like a well, change. Of, you the, could because you had that experience, with right? One, you with, yeah, and um, they. I mean, they would have. They would just. Uh, they just. They just been taking care of us. Yeah, and, and you know it what? It's not just great. about going to the baths, right? There, yes. there's, there are so many different masses and so many different mm-hmm. experiences and, and stations of the cross and all these different things that you do. And there's they they take you around in these carts, and it's just it's it's really a beautiful experience to be part of. Yes. Um, I think uh, the mass in the uh, the underground basilica. Yeah, that was it's. I don't know. It was tens of thousands of uh, yeah of That's people there for mass. I think twenty thousand people are holding that. Place. Yeah, twenty thousand people with a couple of cardinals and bishops, and you know what's amazing to me about that mass, Chris, is you have from all around the world. For people that don't know, uh, the Order of Malta brings sick from all around the world to Lourdes the same week, and so you have people from. In, you know, England and Lithuania, you know, I mean, there's Australians, Australians, Italians, uh, Spanish, yep, Spanish. Uh, Lebanon, all over the world 
coming together um, to pray for uh, for healing of spiritually and physically. It's just a real beautiful experience. Did you get a sense while you were here that, that again, that, that you're not alone? I mean, do you, do you realize? You, you definitely get that sense of uh, fellowship. And um, a lot of the Malads, we kind of had this uh, camaraderie that we're all... We're all struggling, and it's just you realize later on that it's not just the Malads that you know, it's their companions that, yeah. and everybody else. Everybody goes through struggles, and um, I think uh, for me, it's been a symbol of overcoming your struggles at least spiritually. You well, know, I, I, at, let me ask you about that, Chris. You, you you know, I asked you about your faith life before. What, where is your faith life right now? I would say it's full. Like it's been. Um, it's definitely it's definitely been a game changer for me, you know. Amen. And, uh, That's yeah. so good. I'm so glad that you've had that experience. And you said something that was actually quite profound earlier on. When you told me about when your mom came to the hospital, and that you were comforted by her presence. Right. You know. And what's so interesting is you come to Lourdes and you have this game changing experience as you expressed it. It's changed your perspective. And I wonder if some of that might be the fact that you were actually comforted by our mother, by the Blessed Mother. Right? Do you think? I'd, I'd like to believe so. But, you know, one thing that I think is interesting, Chris, when talking about that experience with all the people in the world, you know, we all have that one mother. I mean, the beauty of this mm-hmm. whole Catholic Church is it's right. one church with, we have people from Mexico and from England, white, black, Hispanic, I mean, all under one, you know, coming together. St. Paul tells us when one suffers, we all suffer, right. right? And when one rejoices, we all rejoice. And so as one church, we come in and we celebrate. And I think that's why it's awesome uh, for you to be here with your brother Kyle to experience that universality of the church. And to ask your mother for healing. That's right. Yes. That's right. And maybe that's why, Kyle, maybe that's why your mom uh, told you that you needed to stay, uh, you needed to come here and be, be with your brother because she knew that, that that the Blessed Mother would be the, her, his motherly presence here on, the, on, this, on this journey. Once, once we got to Lourdes, I mean, I was, you know, I got my brother's back 100%, make sure he gets the full experience. Um, what Lord's has to offer. Well, guys, thanks so much for being here. I, I just got to say, thank you so much for your service to your country. Yeah, we really right, appreciate we, we that. totally appreciate that. And and we're going to pray for you and, and, and pray for the healing of your family. Pray for your healing, spiritual healing, whatever God has in store for you, and to bless you abundantly with what plans you have. If you want to be helping people, you know, whether it's wounded warriors or whatever it is you, you focus your, your heart and soul on, uh, your life on, Chris, I hope God blesses you, and I, I'm sure he will. Uh, based on my experience with you so far, you're, you're, a, you're, I mean, you're a real... Uh, you're a real soldier, and I really appreciate uh, that, and I recognize that. And I think our listeners do as well and appreciate uh, what you got going on in your life, and we're going to pray for you. And we're going to ask uh, the Blessed Mother to, to intercede on, on your behalf, on, on the, the behalf of your family, uh, but also on all of those uh, uh, soldiers out there, the, the wounded ones, but also those that are you know, in, in the line of fire. And so we're going to ask the Blessed Mother to be with us. And let's, uh, let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. 
There's always room for one more at our table. 